0: Hello, and welcome to Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. I'm Dennis Hensley, and I am here in the Renberg Dressing Room before the Mismatch Game, uh, which I am hosting. In the about. best show in town. The Thank you very much. The best show in really? Los Angeles. Yes. That is coming from our guest today, Jack Kenny. He's a writer and a showrunner and a director
1: and a performer and a good friend. And it's the best. I would, I would. I, and someday you live for the Mismatch be, Game? I'd live for the Mismatch would Game. Would you ever want to do it? I would. Who would I you be? I was just going to say, well, you know, I, uh. I, I you had a Charles Nelson Riley I do oh, oh no that's is that right yeah. yeah that's oh, Charles, Charles Nelson oh, Riley Charles, oh Mrs Mueller yeah. I, I used to do a, I used to do a Charles Nelson Riley I'd have to work on it yeah I would be anybody you know what I'd want to brainstorm with you about who yes. I should be All right. because I also love drag uh, you know I love doing drag and do you I can make up my own I, my favorite drag name is Amber Alert yeah because I, a good one. I already have my outfits It'd be little little pig pigtails and a ball gag. That makes sense. Yeah, and my talent would but be— But you couldn't give answers if you had a ball gag. No, I'll, f- I'll just—well, yeah, I can— I'll You'll take it out. It out. Okay. <laughs> That's one of my talents.
0: I can get out of a locked <laughs> trunk. Uh, I love it. Amber alert. I like that. No, yeah, why not? I like that idea. Well, we could have used you this weekend. There's lots of shuffling. People are booking jobs, and— no, I know. But don't it's don't coming this, together. It
1: happens to actors. You can't trust yeah. them. It's crazy. Now, you're <laughs> directing a show even as we speak. You have a run-through tonight. I am. I'm in between. We just had a run-through this afternoon. I have a run-through tonight of, this, uh, of Sci-fest. It's a one-act play festival of science fiction, one-act plays, and it's, it's, really, it's really kind of fun. Ours is – we open the show, and it's kind, of, it's kind of light and dark. It's got some humor and some comedy, and, which is probably where they asked me to do it, and it's got some darkness and some scariness, and it's kind of fun, it's, and it's like nine minutes long. Perfect. And so we're doing this uh, – uh, <clears throat> we just finished a tech run-through, doing another one tonight, And I had to run over here and see you because I know you're going on a cruise tomorrow. I
0: am. I'm going to uh, fly to Italy to do this work for Princess Cruises for almost a month. I'm going to be gone.
1: Oh, my God. I know. It's nuts. Take me with you. Put me in your suitcase. The
0: first first half of it is work, and then after that, uh, I'm going to sightsee and tool around.
1: I can swab decks
0: yeah well I'm not even gonna be on the ship except for I don't know for only a few days of it like four or five days actually sailing and then I think before then I'm staying in a town in Italy and then going to the ship every day and working and then going back to my hotel Oh, I know we'll see what it's all about (sighs) so and then after that I think I'm doing some sightseeing I think I'm going to Vienna and uh, Mm. yeah so stay tuned for travels from the road
1: yes Um, Dennis anyone in Europe
0: exactly now when you do sci-fi plays you don't have a lot of special effects. No, there's no green screen. There's no green, so it's yeah. a very, it has to be about ideas. It's the concept.
1: Yeah, of course, which is what basically, It. you know what, it's sort of like a staged version of, of Night Gallery yeah. or Twilight Zone because yeah. they didn't have a lot of special effects either. Right. It was always the stories. I remember one of those, and I, you know, I can't remember if it was Twilight Zone or Night Gallery, but it was one that had Ozzy and Harriet on it. Oh my gosh. It was, and they were the guests and Ozzy was a scientist who had found a way to reanimate Uh, someone after they died okay and I guess because his wife was ill or something and and um, his wife dies and he reanimates her and it doesn't work he can't bring her back and then he kills himself and then she wakes up oh and yeah it's very Ozzie and Harriet did that That, yeah that
0: was America must have
1: freaked out Uh, it was it was was like in the 70s too so people had forgotten who Ozzie and Harriet were and it was just everybody kind of very Romeo and Juliet, yeah, old people for sure. But it was uh, it was really cool. I remember that, and, I d- and they didn't. it was no special. It was all about ideas. Yeah, you know, uh, Rod Serling's whole approach to sci-fi was was in your head. Yeah, what? So if? that's kind of what this is.
0: I saw. Speaking of special effects, I saw Spider-Man: The Amazing Spider-Man Two, whatever the new one is. The new one last
1: night. night. Yeah, I haven't heard great things. It, what do you think?
0: It was so overstuffed. Oh. that I'm surprised there wasn't a villain named the Kitchen Sink because <laughs> it was too. There was so much stuff going on. But I will say. When they did have a human moment, like an actual scene with people, those were well done and well acted and and well directed. Well, they're good and actors. They're, and, they're good actors, yeah. and
1: there was just a lot. It's just super overblown. Yeah, and yeah. I find maybe Julie Taymor did it because I, 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 I understand her Spider Man was a little bit of a mess too. I
0: guess so, but it's like um, with these special effects, I sort of tune out during the effects part, and I only care if there's some flirtation happening or something. I don't, and I wonder if I'm representative of. I wonder if, the, as a culture, we're like we've seen it all and done it all in terms of like.
1: I think you're representative. Of, I think you're representative of an age group because <laughs> I think, I think yeah. teenage boys can watch anything that blows up. They're still into it, and we could too yeah. when we were teenage boys. But now you need more. I mean, yeah. it, to me, it's it's all the, the difference between Armageddon and uh, uh, Sudden Impact or Deep, deep impact. impact. Deep Impact and Armageddon. Armageddon was a bunch of you know balls out, we're yeah. macho shitheads doing yeah. this, and all the same cliches you've seen a yeah. thousand times, and nobody cared. The story wasn't very intense. Yeah. Deep Impact, th- there was hardly any special effects, but you were so into the stories yeah. of Talion and her dad, and the, I mean, it was just, it, 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 and they were the same movie. They were yeah. the same movie. You know, one was from the perspective of humans, and the other one was from the perspective of the comet. Yeah, you know, and so like you, you just have to. It, it's the approach. Usually I go with the humans given this. Yeah, but well, yeah. you know, honestly become because there's just so many things you can blow up. I was just yeah. but I was just I was just telling somebody the other day, um a, a kid you know, somebody in their twenties, uh, what it was like seeing Star Wars for the first time. Right. And and you know, the only thing we had seen was Star Trek with you know, doors yeah. opening, yeah. pew pew pew. It was yeah. just, you know, we knew it was we knew it was kitschy at the time yeah. it was kitschy. But when Star Wars came out, when they th- the first time you saw the jump to light hyperspace, yeah. The life speed It was—I mean, literally—the entire theater screamed when that happened, because no one had ever seen anything like it. It must have been the first time they had talkies. Yeah, the first time somebody opened their mouth, and or the first time a train came at the camera, people literally jumped out of their seats thinking it was going to hit them. Yeah, it was that kind of magic. So, I don't know. I don't know if that kind of does that kind of magic existing? What's the next thing they're going to find? Well, I thought Gravity had a
0: bit of that in terms of like. I don't think I've ever felt like what it was like to feel in space. Yeah, yeah. In that same gravity way. gravity had some of that. Yeah, yeah. Avatar maybe had some of that at the time, but it's yeah. Still, but it was more like, it wasn't ooh, like, wow!"
1: It wasn't. It wasn't. <gasps> oh my god! Yeah. it wasn't. It's never. Yeah. It hasn't been that in a while. In a while. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe nudity can come back. <laughs> I don't know. It depends on who's nude. <laughs> yeah, that's we'll true. Find my. I'll ga- I can gasp for a couple of different reasons.
0: Yeah, exactly. Now you are the showrunner of a show called Warehouse 13, I which am. is finishing its run. On Sci-Fi yeah. Channel this month. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. We're after f- five seasons,
1: five years on the, uh, sixty-four episodes. Yeah, uh, a great run, a great show, wonderful experience. My God, the actors and the and the crew and the staff, the writers. I, I mean, I, I was been,
0: watching some of the videos that you post on on yeah, Facebook about it, poster. like the making of, it. but
1: it just seemed like a good group and like a really love was. fest. It really was a love fest. It really was. I mean, it, it certainly got there. First season, we're fi- figuring it out and finding each other yeah. out. But but by the time we we hit. By the time we hit third season, we were really on a roll, and the, and the crew was the crew, and we found each other, and it was just so. And the great thing was, and I was just talking to Mike McMurray, our DP, about this on the phone the other day. We knew it at the time, and that's the real gift. Because a lot of times you don't know that until it's over. Right. And and a, cu- a couple of people that I, can, that I won't name had that approach. They yeah. didn't realize what, what how great they had it until it was over. Right. But most to the, of us. To this show. They to, had to to that Warehouse approach to this 13. show, yeah. Yeah, to our 13. There was like one or two people that didn't realize how good we had it. But man, most of us did. Yeah, I know Eddie did, and I and, and most of the crew. Was Eddie just, McClintock, who's the lead actor. Yes, yes. And, yeah, and Saul Rubinek, who was another yeah. lead on the show. We would look at each other all the time and just go, "Oh my God, yeah. we, this is the shit. We are so this is how this is never going to happen again. Yeah, you're never going to have this kind of a part on this kind of a show with this kind of group of people." And we just we just had fun every day. It was amazing.
0: Well, the premise, which is that there's this warehouse with these artifacts that are attached yeah. to different things, it sort of let you go anywhere. Yeah, and I'm kind of
1: shocked that they canceled it because yeah. the show had another five years in it yeah. easily. Yeah, but it was it was sort of the warehouse, the end of Indiana Jones. Yeah, where they take the Ark of the Covenant. It's the warehouse that stores all the crazy. Yeah, and when the show started, it was just a warehouse, and they I think they picked the number thirteen because it was creepy sci-fi, right? Right. Of course. But I when I came on. I joined the show in episode two where they really had nothing except a very bare bones pilot. So I was able to invent all the mythology for it with my staff and with the help of you know others. And uh, I think I, I came to them and said, what about if this is the 13th warehouse in the history of warehouses? And the first one was started by Alexander the Great and, and the library at Alexandria was the first warehouse. And we just went from there. And We had this great mythology built up and it was just, it was, the history of it was so much fun discovering artifacts i always wanted to do hitler's microphone we never did that one yeah i thought that would be a cool one that a dj got a hold of hitler's original microphone which was imbued with his and he his went to hatred. coachella
0: yeah. or burning man i don't know what would happen or, or, or
1: it ends up in rush limbaugh's office yes, what would happen which may what happened it anyway um, yeah and no, that's that's the great thing you get to explore history which you know most of the time is a big yawn right but in a really fun you know Crazy way, yeah, and you can go off in it. so
0: many different directions. Yeah, there were, a, there's it. an episode you recently did where they ended up in a telenovela.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that, that airs this coming crazy. Monday, tomorrow night. That airs. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really yeah, it is so much fun. Sonia Braga is yes, in it. Yes, she and was
0: in a movie I worked on called um, Testosterone, and I oh, met yeah. her and worked with her.
1: She's a, a character. What a doll! She's I a mean, doll. I really oh liked God. her. She and the said crew
0: members down in Argentina we shot were obsessed with her. Because oh, yeah. Of she's her. a huge yeah. star down there. So it was like... And
1: I, of course, like an idiot, thought they spoke Spanish. Right. I'm a moron. They speak Portuguese. In Brazil, yeah. yeah in, oh, she's, sorry, yeah. she's from Brazil, yeah. I thought she spoke Spanish. She speaks Portuguese. Yeah. So she said, I can speak Spanish, don't worry. And she, so she got it. But, but there's a one moment where she she f- she falls back into Pete's arms faint, uh, unconscious. And I said, you know, Eddie, what would be funny is if you, you grabbed her by her breasts. And I said, Sonia, is that okay? She said... What else are they for? <laughs> and so we, we had this really fun moment where he grabs Sonia Braga's boobs.
0: why not she, and they 're there, and you have the finale coming up,
1: and we have very gay Steve. I know we have very gay Steve i don't know if you have, i don 't know if you have any gay listeners
0: but, I doubt it, but you know, maybe a handful maybe maybe
1: somebody'll tell somebody. Yeah. And, I don't know if I have any
0: listeners, period. No, actually, we have some. We're, we're, <laughs> probably, we're, on, we're probably on the way. Yeah. Yeah. Your, yeah. Your listeners
1: are probably all gay. Yes. Um, uh, or they want to be. Um, but Steve, we have – Steve is split in two. Yes. And, and there's very, very conservative Steve and really flamboyant gay Steve. Who says
0: really flamboyant gay things. Yes,
1: he does. He's cute. He – oh, my gosh, yes, he's very cute.
0: His name is – Aaron kind of, Ashmore. And he's got a brother that's also an actor. Sean Ashmore, yeah. Aaron. He's on The Following. Sean's on yeah. The
1: Following. And Aaron was on uh, a Smallville. He was uh, Jimmy Olsen on Smallville. Yeah. He's dreamy. Oh, yes. He's very... And, and another... I mean, I'm so lucky. He was a doll yeah. to work with. Good. I mean, just... A joy. Try anything. Do anything.
0: Well, in that scenario, they're going to end up. They have. You need adventurous actors because yeah. it's not like we're on the same set every week doing the same stuff. No,
1: it's not. It's not somebody yeah. holding a pad saying, "Then what happened? No, yeah. they're always. Yeah. Somebody's always. Where aging. were you on the
0: night of whatever? Yeah. 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 yeah
1: it ain't that. It's somebody's always aging a hundred years, or they're becoming, they're turning into a, a historical character. It's a
0: little quantum leapy. Yeah.
1: Very much. Very, quantum yeah. leap meets Indiana Jones meets moonlighting. Yeah. And and uh, and the whole reason and Steve was the gay character because I. I Honestly, my biggest reason for wanting to have a gay character was so that Pete's reaction could be, oh, my God, thank God, there's somebody now finally to appreciate all of this. Yeah. he And he would take off his shirt. Right. And Steve, of course, is like, oh, put your shirt back on. I don't want to see... – what are you yeah. doing? Stop that. Yeah. And I just wanted a straight guy to have that attitude. Right. To have the attitude like, yeah, cool. Somebody's finally going to appreciate yeah. this amazing body I have. That's terrific. Because you know straight guys in real life are aware of that. Yes. Well, they should be. I mean, it should be it should be a compliment and flattering. Yeah. I know, you Friday's
0: version of the Mismatch Game, a very good friend of mine, uh, Jalen, who used to be my trainer, and now he's a really good friend of mine. jalen Jay, Oh, Jalen oh, okay. Um He's an actor. He, was, he just did an episode of Homeland a little while ago, a couple episodes. He was a contestant on stage, and the panel was razzing him like, take off your shirt. Ariana Huffington was like, take off your shirt, and they wouldn't let up on it. And he finally said, okay, I'll do it if you donate to the center. And nice. people bid, and it was like <clears> – <throat> 50 bucks I think it went for and he nice. took off his shirt and we did a little dance together and it was like <laughs> thrilling but he got it that the like okay oh yeah no yeah.
1: no most most guys know Yes where, of course yeah, come on. Come Gay on. guys and straight guys they know they know where the money is
0: Yes and, that's, exactly. and thank God they do Now when you One heard... of the
1: guys in my in my one act play Greg Duke has an amazing body Yeah an amazing And does the body. shirt come off? Yeah it's it's a, it's half off when he enters That's and I just added that because I yeah. said you know what let's come on what come are we on. doing here
0: I know and that's, they work so hard at the gym, they're thinking, I might as well. Yeah, why else are they yeah. working to, yeah.
1: to cover it up? Yeah. No. Anyway, so you're, you're I interrupted you.
0: Now, when you're doing a show that involves around so much stuff, do you, get to, do you have a favorite souvenir? Do you, do you take anything I on? do. I
1: did take a couple of things. I mean, most of the artifacts I give to the writer of that episode. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, they get their— Little tradition? Yeah, and the artifacts, uh, they're built—I mean, we have an amazing prop company. There was one, uh, Reticus' Compass from the 1400s, I think, was, uh, was a $12,000 prop. Wow. And uh, Drew Greenberg got that. I have M- Magellan's astrolabe. Of which course. Was, yes, which was um, you, which which turns time back. Not astrolube. Hours. No, 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 not astrolube. Okay. No, Magellan M- Magellan used KY. He was yeah. at, He was old school. Really? Yeah. Wow. But His astrolabe uh, turned back time 24 hours. Okay. And I also have a Tesla, which is our weapon, and I have uh, uh, Claudia's communication device called the Farnsworth. I have okay. the original Farnsworth. Um, and that's all I wanted Because Yeah you just You know, yeah, My you husband You know is like Enough with the props Yeah you don't house. want to Turn your house Into warehouse 14 Exactly yeah. Exactly and, and it's too much to dust
0: Now I understand There's a musical Something coming up Yes
1: in the finale The finale is Six episodes Rolled into one Five episodes Rolled into one There's a huge uh, Tap dance number 42nd street thirty. Well, it should be thousands of dancing chorus girls. It will look like thousands of dancing chorus girls, tap dancing chorus girls, and all of my regulars had to learn how to tap dance, for which they still haven't forgiven me. Um, and uh, uh, so, and they, that's one segment. Another segment is Fantastic Voyage. Remember that movie? Yeah. Where they get shrunk and put into it's they it's, go into uh, the human body, right? Yeah, yep, okay. It's Claudia and Steve uh, journeying into Artie's heart to retrieve an artifact. Wow. And uh, and then there's uh, a ninja fight. Uh, housewives that turn into ninjas, and they have a big uh, ninja fight. And then there's uh, – we go back to 1941 to a, an officer's club right before World War II, and Artie is back there with a, a young agent. And, uh, and then uh, I can't remember oh, the last one is – well, uh, Pete's is sort of a compilation, but I wanted to do a clip show with all new clips. Yeah. The clips nobody's ever seen. Right. Because uh, I didn't want to do another Save the World episode, we do that every year, and we did that in the episode before. Yeah. So I wanted to do that, and then just really – this is about the actors and the characters, and it was really – I mean, th- you can't watch it and not cry. Is it a
0: lot of pressure when you know you have a series finale to come up with? Or do you just kind of trust your gut and the ideas come? And
1: you know, I, I always knew how the series would end. Uh, I always had it in my mind how we would do this. The warehouse would be moving and, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it wasn't it wasn't a lot of pressure. It was incredibly sad. I mean, everybody was crying after every take of every scene.
0: Right, I was going to ask you if it, there was a moment where it all got to everybody, but it sounds uh, like it was every day. It was day.
1: every day. I mean, the first scene we shot was already basically breaking up with the warehouse, talking to the warehouse as if it was a woman who was leaving him. Oh. And and we were we were we were wrecked. We were all crying. I forgot to say, I forgot, I directed it, and I forgot to say cut because we were all sitting over there, we couldn't see the monitor, we were crying. And then um uh, and then the last day, the la- last scene of the last day of the last uh episode, um we shot we did the moment where it's the, the, the culmination of the tap dancing, which is early in the episode, but it was, it was all of them you know, getting rid of these tap dancing chorus girls and shutting down the artifact that made them dance. And um, Claudia does this huge tap number that she worked all summer on, really fantastic tap number against all these chorus girls. To what song? 42nd Street. Of course. Which we recorded our own version of.
0: I used to do that on a cruise ship, and we had to roll out these coins that were <laughs> wooden. But the cruise – the ship would move, and the coins would tip over. It was like on the – it would roll Aww. off. Like rolling coins and cruise ships. That sounds like about It's a I, recipe for disaster. What i expect to see on a cruise yeah. ship. And <laughs> Just wheeling <laughs> yeah. it out there, and then you'd jump on top of it and tap. But anyway. Oh, oh
1: oh! oh now that I'd like to see. Do, yeah. you, ta- do you tap? I tap okay. Yeah. I can do a time step. Yeah. Oh, I can do a time step. I mean, can you – I can do all, right. I do all right. I haven't
0: really tapped in a long I bet time. You're amazing. I wish no, this was a video podcast. Uh, oh, uh, I'd love to, to see Buffalo. you shuffle off to Buffalo. Well, I can shuffle I'm actually Buffalo. nursing a dance industry in in injury as we speak. Oh yesterday I went to well, how school. did you, but you
1: didn't injury at dancing? You did Yes. Oh.
0: I went to a class yesterday called Icon Do That, one of my favorites. <laughs> and they taught us the original choreography to Janet Jackson's Nasty. Which was like right around the time that I really wanted to be a dancer and it was like right in my sweet spot, right? Eighties yeah. jazz and so we're learning it and whatever and it's about we're dividing into the groups and we're gonna do the do the first section full out yeah and there's one section where you could go to the floor if you want or if you're old and don't feel like it you don't have to you could just you can be Janet instead of one of the background boys oh,
1: somebody didn't think he was old
0: somebody didn't think he was old <laughs> and he went to the floor and then you get up and you're gonna do a pirouette out of the floor and my, oh. I didn't have jazz boots on. I had sneakers. And that's. Oh. This is all inside baseball. Time. <laughs> <laughs> but I hurt myself. And I'm that's like, a, oh. So the rest oh. of the number, I kind of had to mark it. But anyway.
1: It's nice that you just called it inside baseball. Yeah. Given <laughs> little moment of butch. <laughs>
0: it was. Yeah. But, you know, oh. there you go. Well,
1: I'm sorry you're in pain. I know. I,
0: it was but, all right. You know.
1: Anyway, so, the, so we're doing this last number. The big yes. tap, the big tap, and the last beat of that scene is uh, Claudia collapses. And and she she screams, "Yeah, I'm going to be sore tomorrow, but man, best job ever!" And the rest of them repeat, "Best job ever," because it was just an amazing moment. She said that as herself, as herself. No, she said her. it as Claudia about 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 being a warehouse agent. Oh, amazing! This is the best job anybody okay. could ever want, and they all repeat it. And you know the resonance of the actors having the best job they've ever had. Yeah, I mean people were wrecked. wrecked. I mean I mean you know we finished the scene. and I said, "That's a wrap on Warehouse 13." Oh, and people were I wasn't there and I'm it mm-hmm. was just I mean I started crying everybody's crying and it, it was hard for, for me to come out and say and that ladies and gentlemen is a wrap on Warehouse 13 I mean it's just like oh fuck it's over it just ended it's uh, it's just it, it, you know and it's, it's not like this at all it's not like somebody dying but I remember the moment at the end of Terms of Endearment when Shirley McLean watches her daughter die and she says oh my god I'm such an idiot I'm such an idiot I thought this would be easy, I thought it would be make it better, you know because she was in such pain, right and she just says i 'm so stupid, I thought this would be easy, and it 's not right it 's never easy to say goodbye to something, yeah, especially something you love and you 've been part of for so long." I hate, to, I hate to reduce, you know, Phil McLean's moment to a TV show ending, but, you know, what the hell.
0: But but it is that idea of, like, I'm prepared for this. I know what this is. I've grown up. I yeah. know how it works. I th- I'll be strong. I can – you know, I'm prepared for this. And then you find you're out you're just, not prepared. You, yeah, you're
1: not. You're a puddle of tears. Yeah. Just, you are what you are. And, and it was just – oh, and the other great thing was that our line producer for the whole series, who hadn't been able to do the last, uh, couple, last couple of episodes with us um, – he he came by to say goodbye, and I didn't. Unbeknownst to me, he had worked it out with our wardrobe designer. And he's six four and about two hundred and thirty pounds. And he she had put him dressed him as one of the chorus girls. And he snuck onto the big chorus line number at the end and was tap dancing with the girls, and then stopped and said, "All right, hold it. She's in my light, and she stepped on my foot, and I can't do this." And it was oh my god. We everybody fell apart. Everybody loved Mark Weinmaker. Yeah. He was our line producer and. Everybody loves it. Did you it, get right? it on camera? Yeah. Like doing that? Oh, yeah. That's it's good. on my Facebook page. If you scroll down my Facebook okay. page, you can find all of this stuff. Yeah. You can find me saying that's a wrap on Warehouse 13 because somebody videotaped that. That's amazing. Yeah. That's it's heartbreaking. A, yeah. No, the, the, the behind the scenes things that you were talking about. Yeah. Doing one of our uh, Alex would You can feel
0: the good vibes there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He did, he did this series of six videos where he, where he, like seven, eight minutes long, and he just, Every aspect of the show, and it—you just can't look at them without you sense that it was a good—it was a good group. Yeah. You sense that it was a good experience.
0: But I think in those situations, it comes from the top, like your attitude and your yeah. spirit. Don't you think? Yeah. No. Even I, even on jobs that you had where you weren't the showrunner, don't you think that tone is set by the showrunner and also the stars and stuff. like that The showrunner
1: certainly. The showrunner are number one on the call sheet. Those yeah. are the two people that are in charge of setting the tone. Right. And I had the best number one on the call sheet that anybody could ever have, Eddie McClintock. Yeah. Who was always always showed up. Positive, smiling, happy Joking, ready to work, ready to Dreamy play. And gorgeous, yeah. yeah And gorgeous And always happy to take his shirt off Whenever you ask him to Yeah and I mean, he's just a great, wonderful presence And and I believe in forming families I believe that everybody's happier When everybody get, You get better work and better product And everybody's happy And I treat everybody like an equal Yeah You know, I want to hear what they have to say and, and I know somebody has to make the decision at the end but, but, you know, it's just That's the way I run things You know, and I came to that um, This show really I grew up on this show This show taught me how to run a show, and it taught me how to do this because you know I've run a couple of shows before, and and they've they've each had their challenges. Yes, and and uh, you ran Book of Daniel, you ran
0: Titus. Yep,
1: Titus was a I created Titus with Brian Hargrove and Christopher Titus, and I Book of Daniel was my own, uh, created that on my own. But uh, and that was a, I mean, oh something very important. Somebody's here from Mismatch Game. Hang on one second. Hold on.
0: Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm going to put this on pause
1: for a second. Okay. Okay, try. Jesus, this one, hit something else. There you, go. there you
0: go. All right, we're back. That was Jackie Beat calling. She's doing the mismatch game for oh the first time God, tonight as God, B. I'm Arthur. Jackie she had a few questions. Jackie She's Beat. like, I have a long answer. Can I use more than one card? And I was like, Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hells yeah. There's are just Jackie trees. Beat. You can do whatever you want. You're Jackie Beat. Oh,
1: my so, God, I yeah. w- wish I could see that.
0: What were we talking about right before? Oh, I don't know, but I know – is this your dressing room? No, no, this is everybody's dressing oh, okay. room. I love that you have a chase lounge. I know, it's a, a fainting couch. couch. You might faint. Sometimes might. people like, faint. Sometimes, sometimes I
1: swoon when I see yeah. your arms. Dennis has very good arms. Really? Thank you.
0: Um, <laughs> yoga. I'm starting to back into the yoga. Um, my question about a show – does having a really good experience give you faith again as you kind of go on to the next thing that, like, okay, I can. the, 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 the good situations are out there – Does it balance out some of the stuff that's more challenging about having a career?
1: I don't – you know, I've been in this business long enough now that I don't expect anything. Right. I just don't. And if something great happens, that's fantastic. And if something crappy is about to happen, I'll make that work. Right. Because I I now have learned a little bit more about bringing my energy to things and making it my experience for myself. And I will have a good time kind of no matter what I do. I always do. I had a great time on Titus. I had a great time on Book of Daniel. I had a great time on Wanda at Large, and that was a, ended up being a nightmare right. experience. I mean, I got chased out of that room by Lance Crowther, who people might know as Pootie Tang. Wow. He literally chased me out of the room saying, get the fuck out of here, you little bitch. Wow! I think Warner Brothers was just so relieved that I didn't sue them for harassment. Wow! That, uh, was I mean, he one of the actors
0: on the show? Yeah, he
1: was. No, he was Wanda's writing partner. Oh, okay. And okay. It was. Uh, it was a very bizarre experience. Okay. And uh, I don't know what I, I, he was angry about something, but I don't know what. Wow, that's but good I dish. still I still had a good time. You yeah, know? I still had fun. I think Wanda Sykes is a fucking genius. She yeah. always makes me laugh and always always has and always will. Although what was interesting is that at the time she was kind of in the closet right and wasn't out wasn't out yet and um... and was not you know and, and like any like any good comic made a, a number of gay jokes and uh... and i don't i don't think was a big fan of kids and now she's married to a white woman with children <laughs>
0: it's weird stuff. when you're around
1: somebody that is
0: in the closet that's a public figure but then ends up coming out later i spent a little time around lance bass before oh, he yeah. came out through different friends at a parties here and there like i don't even know if he would know me if i met him now but when there was a lot of gay in the air and he was around and he was there at like a party, it was like, it it was just like he shut down a little bit. Like yeah. there was there was a uh, a thing we compared it to is somebody um, my my friend Tony knew someone that was in the Sigfried and Roy show and whenever the dancers were told whenever the tigers got loose they were to drop their hands down and look down at the ground and that's how the tigers would not do that <laughs> so whenever that's gay stuff did. happened around lance bass it was like tigers are loose it just felt <laughs> like he just like left the room a little bit yeah. and the joke was tigers are loose and now and i you know do. he's out and doing great and I, no, I he's one of the something. tigers
1: he's a, now he's a tiger yeah. Yeah. so but there is that thing you know of, no it is it's true and, and i don't think wanda ever had that she never had yes. that strong a reaction but she was always she was she would. Jokes about it once in a Did while. Did you know when you're you are know, working there? I, I didn't. Nobody ever knows uh, for right. sure. But there was the interesting thing about Wanda on that show was that there was no sexual energy at all. Right. It wasn't straight. It wasn't gay. There just wasn't any sexual energy, which is one of the reasons it didn't work as a lead character because the lead has to, you know. You have to want to something for them. Well, yeah, you have to. You have to. You know, she's going out with a guy and, with a guy, and there's no energy, so that it yeah. just wasn't working. So I kind of thought in the back of my mind she might be lesbian, but right. but I didn't. You know, you know, I didn't give a damn. I thought, well, yeah. geez, let, how, what if she comes out? Let's play that. That'd be yeah. a good story, right? But I don't think she was ready for that. Yeah. Um, how many episodes did you do? I think they only. I think they shot ten and they got yanked. I don't. They might have. They might have. We left after ten. I, I did ten. They might have done three more, but it was it was in trouble. It just wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, conceived right it wasn't it wasn't conceptualized right and the show just wasn't working yeah. I, I still think wanda's a star but i don't think that was the right place for her yeah she's a great second banana yeah she's just always great in the second banana role when you put somebody like that in the lead role it, it it's so hard to find exactly the right match for that i'm not saying it can't work but it's really hard you have to be very careful yeah. about how you surround them who are the people you surround them with what do they want who are they playing what are they what are they need in life and yeah. you know, all those things and you really it has to be them and that's the other reason that's the only difficult thing about a closeted person playing a, a character that isn't closeted or that is whatever if, it, if an actor can't be themselves a, as the lead of a, of a television show you know any kind of a sitcom it's not going to work I feel that's true sometimes when you
0: see closeted actors in shows you feel like there's something maybe it's projecting on them but I feel like there's something about them that is I think it might that be clouds the performance. It, it, it might be because
1: because the I think the thing more, television more so than movies. Television is about an actor bringing who they are to the part. Yeah, especially a sitcom. It's bringing who you are to that part, and and if something's blocking bringing who you are to it, then it might not work. I mean, you know, a, an example of that not being true is David Hyde Pierce and Frazier. Yeah, I mean David's out now and 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 was was gay then. I mean his his husband of, of Thirty some years was my writing partner right. for twelve years, and David, being one of the sweetest, most wonderful persons on the planet, uh, may have counteracted the fact that he was still in the closet and nervous about. Because it was also you know the nineties; it was it was not quite you weren't quite ready yet for a lead actor who might have a big movie career to come out because it could all go away. It yeah. could go away like that at that time. These days might be a little different, but then it was really scary, and so I, I totally understand his not making a big announcement about it or coming out in a big way but the interesting thing about that character was niles was hiding the fact that he was in love with daphne right right so the fact that david had a kind of a secret too almost worked in his favor yeah i can see that for that yeah you know i mean those guys were so effete anyway yeah That it was a shock to find out that either niles or fraser weren't gay right no for sure you know um I always wanted to do I, Brian and I had an idea for a Fraser story where Fraser accidentally saw Niles in the shower and realized his dick was way bigger than his right I always thought I, I want to do that story that's, that's a good story, Well, someday yeah when, when they bring the show back
0: yeah um that's so funny you would say that because I think that line is in my my um oh in misadventures in the two and three it is where they, I they meant get, to ask in the, in you the about book that. they get drunk and measure their dicks, but I, when I was writing the pilot, I was like. I, I, it was I, I.
1: Frazier and Niles. Yeah,
0: but I but meant Frazier, to ask the, you. The, if, yeah,
1: because that was a that was a story that Brian and that's I talked so about. That's so funny. Doing like no, in the ago, book I wrote, they
0: ago. get drunk and measure their dicks. But when I wrote the pilot, I thought, oh, Frazier realizes that he's, you know, that's yeah. their story. And then Frazier not, has to ask questions yeah.
1: like, Niles, what were you thinking about when I saw you in the shower? I'm just curious. <laughs> were you thinking <laughs> about Daphne? Yeah, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I like I mean, it. Anyway, we'll, we'll write that. That will be our spec. That'll be it. I did. You and I write spec Frazier. All
0: right, I'm all about it. I think people are ready for a new spec Frazier. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're dying to read. It.
1: They want to read a Speck Mary Tyler Moore, too. Yeah, they, too. they uh, should yes. write that one.
0: Yeah, and maybe a Speck Blansky's Beauties. I don't know what,
1: even what that is. I think what? it was Nancy Walker, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think it was oh, uh, the spec. What was Phyllis Diller's series? She had a series like the the, the, the something of, of the Hamptons. Oh, um, I don't know. The, yeah, I just saw the I just saw the opening title to it somewhere on YouTube. Yeah, Phyllis. it was it's very bizarre. Wow!
0: Now you created the Book of Daniel with Aiden Quinn, yes. and it was on NBC. But I remember it getting a lot of attention and being controversial. And you kind of yeah. went through a lot with that.
1: I did actually. The full title of it is the short-lived and controversial Book of Daniel. Yeah. Um, it was because you know Jesus was in it, and I'm gay. Yeah. And I'm very op- open about being gay, and and the right wing went after me in a huge way before they'd even seen it. Before three weeks before they saw it, they they flooded NBC with three. Three weeks before we premiered, they flooded NBC with three hundred thousand emails. Saying that they would not, they, they would boycott all of NBC's sponsors if they put this show on the air. Wow! So, and it was because Jesus was in it, and 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 Jesus was, you know, clutch your pearls, tolerant. Of, yeah. I mean, I actually saw some girl in an interview in a news station somewhere saying, "My Jesus is not tolerant of that kind of thing." I want to say, sweetheart, that was his middle name. You know, yeah. he was tolerant of everybody. He was a socialist. I always thought it started with H. Whatever his middle name was. Oh yes, it probably would. Um, <laughs> but. We'll have to think of that. We'll, we'll have to think of what one. it would be. Um, but he was—he was, he was uh, uh, his whole thing was tolerance of everybody. And anyway, that was a, that was the big lightning rod. Was Were you surprised when the, shocked? When the, yeah, I was shocked because I thought that I thought that Christians would like a show where a priest who's got some difficulties—he's got a, an addiction to Vicodin. It's not like he it's not like he's a serial rapist or something. He right. has an addiction to pills. I bet there—I bet there are ten priests listening to this podcast right. who have an addiction to pills. Right, and and. It wasn't shocking, and Jesus was sort of helping him with that, saying, you know you shouldn't be doing that, right? Right. I mean, he never told Daniel something, anything he didn't already know. Right. He was just his friend. He had a personal relationship with Jesus, which is what I was always told you're supposed to have. Right. Um, But so I kind of thought that Christians would embrace it and say, oh, look, here's a guy who uses his relationship with Jesus to help him through his problems with his family and his own. But no, they were just, don't you dare, how dare you put Jesus on television? How dare you put Jesus on television? And I even— I even called out the gay press. Uh, I wrote an editorial in the Advocate at the time. Said, "Where the hell is the gay mafia when I need a hit?" Right. You know, <laughs> yeah. They're coming. Come after on, Geffen. Me. Yeah. What up? They're coming after me because I'm gay. Yeah. The right wing, the American Family Association, was literally saying, "You know, I had death threats." I this was like 2006. Th- 2006 right? right? 2006. Yeah. Wow. I, and and I just thought, where, "Where the fuck is the gay media? Why aren't they coming?" I, I just couldn't. Remember. I've always had a. I've always had certain issues with various elements of the gay community that don't. Like, like when we did Titus, we were on the bubble, right? Right. And Titus was a very sort of gay-friendly show. We had a character on it that, that Titus would actually tease about. Come on, Tommy, you're gay. Yeah. Just, just come out. And Tommy said, I'm not gay. You know, he was always, he was always hiding it. Uh, he wasn't. Who knows if he was gay or not? But he was always denying it. Right. But his father was gay. That's why okay. his parents got divorced. And we did an episode where T- Tommy's father got beaten up outside a bar because he was gay. And Titus, Titus's attitude was, let's go get those fuckers and kick the shit out of them. How dare they attack somebody for that? Right. And Tommy was like, no, 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 no. Just, just keep it quiet. Keep it quiet. And so Titus was furious at Tommy for wanting to shove his father back into the closet when he should be, he should be proud of his dad coming out, proud yeah. of who his father is. Anyway, it was a very positive gay story. And my point to Glad at the time was we're on the bubble. We need help. Give us a nomination. I, I know nobody has it, but help us out here. Give us some attention to help us keep the show, because honestly we're reaching the NASCAR audience, yeah we're not we're, they don't watch will and Grace right they're not watching Ellen, they watch Titus, and those are the people that beat up gay men, yeah and, you know at least they come out of that world. Why don't we reach give us give us a little help to keep us on the air? We'll keep doing things that will you know help turn the tide, but nope, couldn't get any help. I'm glad did they you talk know. to you no, they wouldn't they no wouldn't. I, I sent an email at the time saying. Help us out. We we, we really need a, a a mention or a nomination or something. We're yeah, on the get on board with this. Give us something to help us go. And I couldn't. I didn't get a return phone call. They just said, Ugh. or maybe I got a, a, a form letter response saying, uh, you know, we don't. We, we, it doesn't operate that way. Yeah. And I, and I thought, oh yes, it does. Yeah. Uh, come on. I I know how it operates. It, we all know yeah. how it operates. Yeah. Jennifer Aniston's willing to get an
0: award. Jennifer Aniston gets an award. Yeah. You know. Exactly. I mean, they yeah, and they and they wanted Will and Grace because
1: that was the big uh, that was the big attention getting yeah. at the time. Okay. Fine.
0: Now what is how did going through the whole Book of Daniel thing affect you? Were you did you did it take a huge toll on you personally? Well, did considering you come i have, out of it, feeling stronger. I had a little bit of a problem with Vicodin at the time. Was that uh, what led to the script? Or was yeah, it just actually, a, yeah. Write, write
1: what you know. They always say, write what you know. All right. I had a little bit of an issue with Vicodin. I mean, it was eight years ago. I haven't right. I've been. I've been actually. You know, I, I got past it. I actually go to AA because I I love the principles of AA. I love the way AA teaches you to live your life. Honesty, responsibility. You yeah. know, it's it's just it's just a nice clean way of living, and so I've been going to AA for about seven and a half years now. Um, so I just really like it. I never had a problem with alcohol, but I I don't drink out of respect for my program. But I never really gave a damn about it. I don't you know I don't care. I can right. I can have half a drink and not finish it. Right. But don't put a bowl of Vicodin in front of me. Thanks. Right. I'm glad there's not a Vicodin aisle at Trader Joe's. <laughs> oh, because they would do it yeah. the best, and oh it would be god. reasonably priced. And yeah, you get it for like a dollar. It a would be pill, sea salt fabulous. Vicodin. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. caramel colored, yeah. yeah. caramel flavored when anyway, did you? When did you end that? Did you do it after you? After finished Daniel the show? was over. Yeah. I mean, I, I knew there was a problem going into Daniel. It would become worse, and also the pressures of running a show didn't help. I made it worse with that, and and my husband actually helped me when it was all over. When Daniel was over and was canceled and was done, Michael said, "You know what? I think it's time to close this chapter. You need to you need to figure this out." Yeah, and I did. I figured it out and I stopped it. Um, you know, and with the help of the program, with the help yeah. of whatever that higher power is. And I'm not a big religious guy. I don't. I don't believe in in heaven and God and robes and all that, but there's got to be something. But I think there yeah. are times in your life when you feel more connected to something I, bigger, you know. or you feel or you feel protected,
0: or you feel safe, or you feel like things are going to be okay. I
1: believe in the Force. Yeah, I believe in George Lucas's version right. of, of of the universe. That right. There's that there is a force that we're all connected by, and if you're good to people, it's like karma. If you're good, good things happen. If you you build up your own karma, treat people the way you want them to treat you. It's pretty straightforward. Right. It's, it's there's some Christian tenets in there, but there's like, but anyway. I um, uh, after that was over, I got through. It. So that and that made it all kind of rough, but when it was over, it was. I mean, the hardest thing was, you know, when when any show is canceled, nobody. Ever, you, you you read about it online. Yeah. Nobody calls you and tells you your show is canceled. They call you and tell you your show's picked up. They're very they're very happy to give yeah, you. They good love news. to make that call. They yeah. love to give the They're news. in their car driving yeah. somewhere. Yeah, going to yeah. Yeah, exactly. But but um, but nobody ever calls to say the show is canceled. Titus, I heard from a friend. Book oh my of Daniel. God! Yeah, I that ra- blows my. I mean, you kind of know that's true, but it still blows my mind to hear about it. I was at lunch with a friend, uh, getting ready to go to the upfronts for t- uh, the third season of Titus, and he said, "He said, didn't you hear?" And I yeah. said, I, "He said, I said, hear what?" He said, "Guys aren't on the schedule." Yeah, don't unwrap that new tie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So it was. Uh, so that didn't happen. And then Book of Daniel, I saw then on the internet. Yeah. The Book of Daniel was canceled, and I called NBC that morning, and I was on the f- and, and nobody called me back till the end of the day, and somebody called me back who I'd never met. Uh, Very nice woman, Vivi Ziegler. Very, very nice woman. She was very sweet. I think she felt terrible. She's the grim reaper of shows. (laughs) Yes. I I I, I don't know if she's even there anymore, but I think she felt terrible saying, Jack, hi, my name is Vivi Ziegler. I'm sorry to have to give you this news, but the show's been canceled. And I said, okay, thanks. I um, I appreciate the confirmation. I I actually heard about it several hours ago. Online, I'm just glad to get confirmation. But
0: then, do you have to call your cast and crew? Yes,
1: I have to call the crew and the staff, the writing staff. And How the do cast you do it individually? One at a time. Wow! You get on the phone and say, "Hey, guys." Now, it's usually it wasn't a shock to everybody because we knew right, you knew you were in. Well, you know, in Jeff, in that area. Zucker hated the show. Jeff Zucker, who was running all yeah. of the Empire at the time, hated our show. I mean, he, you know, Zucker. Zucker is in my opinion, single-handedly responsible for driving NBC into the toilet. Right. You know, he's, he, 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 Say
0: something provocative. <laughs>
1: Come on, Jack. <laughs> well, he did. I mean, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a yeah. unique opinion.
0: <laughs> no, but People it's just know. so exciting. That you're, I mean,
1: you're saying cool stuff. I mean, I he, like may it. Be, he may be the guy who's steering the ship yeah. right now at CNN, right? Yeah. And what's everybody getting mad at CNN about? They're falling apart yeah. as a network. They're true. It's true. I mean, all they do is, all they care about is that Malaysian yeah. flight. I mean, Obama made jokes about it last yeah. night. He said the only way – did you see the, the, the correspondence no,
0: dinner? No. Here's the thing about Obama and the press corps and the correspondence dinner. He is so good at delivering stand-up. He really I is. really want him to host a
1: late-night show when he's done. I hope he, He's be fun. so talented at it. And he then and he can sing. He and he's, Zach Galifianakis. Could, yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's great. and He's he, so good at it. He said, I, I just got back from a trip to Malaysia, and I only really went there because it's the only way CNN would cover it. Amazing. Really good joke. Smart. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, so and Zucker hated the show, and, and I knew we were dead. I mean, ten o'clock Friday night yeah. in two thousand six, ten o'clock Friday night was not a good time to go. People they, weren't time shifting, as and much. they weren't streaming shows either. Yeah. I had to beg them to stream the last four episodes on the internet. Yeah, we were the first one of the first shows ever streamed on the internet after yeah. we were canceled. But um, it was rough. It was hard. I felt really alone. Um, I felt, you know, and also dealing with the coming out of the addiction. It was just. It was a really dark time for me. Uh, just per- I was just alone. I just felt alone. But, uh, because, and also Michael was in New York. He'd come to New York to live with me there while we were shooting to study Pilates. And he had to finish his course, even yeah. though the show got yanked four episodes sooner than it was supposed to. So he wasn't even here with me. Right. And he's my rock, you yeah. know? So it was, it was tough. How I, long have I, you guys I, been together? Uh, it'll be in August, it'll be 32 years. And you do amazing Christmas cards. We do, thank you. What's guys.
0: your best one you've ever done?
1: Um, honestly, uh, my I remember favorite. once
0: turning you on to a makeup artist who made you guys Sunny and Share. Yeah, Sunny yeah, and Share, my friend Matthias. Matthias Allen. Yeah, he did a fantastic. Yeah, he he's trained Michael and Share
1: that's Yeah. That's a lot. That's no small Sonny thing. and Share was pretty good. That was a, we got a lot of response although yeah. this year we did Carol Burnett with As the gone and gone with the wind yeah. yeah And that was pretty We had a lot of response People that love that pretty, That was pretty huge
0: Do you ever feel um, like Not doing it I used to do a very ambitious Christmas card oh. And then I kind of got done
1: Every year We felt like, like, like not doing it But we do it anyway But you do it anyway Yeah Because we already have Next year's planned Although I think, I think Michael's going to chicken out But uh, I think one of my Favorites one that we ever did Was Lucy and Ethel At the Chocolate Factory Yeah That was that awesome was, that In was black fun, and white Yeah in black and white love and it. it was just It was very simple But it yeah. was really fun But um, yeah It keeps us going Now going
0: back to that time When you said you felt alone what do you remember a moment where the tide started to shift and you thought okay i'm going to be okay things are turning around
1: um you know i i think it was when i when i actually dove into aa yeah. honestly i think it was it was it was uh, it, i mean i started going to aa we premiered in january i knew we were in trouble anyway uh we were canceled 3 weeks later i started going aa right about then and you know it was i was touch and go i was taking like one pill a day trying to wean myself off of it and then uh, this weird thing happened. Um, um, uh, I was up for a job, and uh, somebody said, "No, you can't hire him. He's a drug addict." And I, you know, like, like every drug addict, I thought nobody knew that I had this problem, and uh, that caused a bit of a relapse for me. And then that's when Michael stepped in and said, "Okay, it's time to yeah. time to close this chapter." And I did. I closed a chapter, and I got par- I got a version of the job anyway, right. because these guys really wanted to hire me. And I think that's what that's when the tide turned. I got this job on a friend's show the show didn't last um it was a very short-lived show it was called in case of emergency howard morris right but howard you know howard has, has rescued me a couple times in my life he's yeah. a terrific human being and i was working with him and i love working with howard i just had this great time seeing him every day and it really helped turn the tide and i and i, and I realized i could write without being taking yeah. back in because i wrote a couple i wrote an episode that turned out really well and i wrote another pilot of, that, that i liked that nobody's ever shot but i liked it and so i i, I I came out of that dark yeah. period, my, my dark ages. And Howard's actually got a show on Netflix. It's the one with um, uh, Lily Lillie Tomlin and yeah. Jane Fonda. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. And Marty Kaufman. yeah. That's he's, awesome. I hope it's a huge hit for him. Yeah. He needs a huge hit. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's, he, he created uh, Holding the Baby, which is the first time I met Eddie McClintock, because Eddie was on that show. And oh, that's right where on. I, that's where I met Eddie. Okay. On that show. And, uh, and then he's been, he's, he, Howard yeah. works all the time because he's a brilliant, genius writer.
0: What does it feel like to be on Vicodin? Is it a high thing it's, or is it it's just a, a euph- coping thing? It's or? a euphoria.
1: It's, it's coding, so it's a euphoria. Wow. It's an, it's an opiate. It's, it's, a, it's a euphoric. It's a, it's a very, 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 very toned down version of heroin. Yeah. Because heroin is an opiate. The opiate family is. I was never. I, I've never. Here's the, here's the irony I've never done anything else, right. I've never smoked pot. Right. I have never smoked marijuana. I think I'm the only person I know who's never smoked marijuana. I can hook you up. Except for my, No, I, I <laughs> I I only d- I've only done it once. I can hook up I... on the way home. You, stop on, the, you <laughs> yeah, can stop on the way home. I exactly. My, my back hurts. Give me, some, give me yeah. a brownie. Um, I've never tried any other drug. I've never tried LSD when it was popular when I was in high school. I never tried heroin or Coke. I've never snorted Coke. I've never mm-hmm. done any of those. The idea of speeding doesn't excite me at all because I yeah. speed anyway. I right. need something to slow me down and give me a little euphoria, and that was – and it was an accident. I, I, I started taking Vicodin when I had foot surgery, and and I had a, a elongated foot surgery over like several months. I had that work done, and um, he, the guy would give me ten Vicodin every time. And so, I just got I got to like it, and I and I started buying it online. And that's the danger is buying it. But you know when you start when you start prescribing your own drugs, that's that's where you know you're in trouble. Wow, and it's easy enough to get online. Easy enough. You have to lie. You have to make a lot of calls. You're breaking the law. You could go to jail. But yes, it's easy. But you can do it. You can do it. Yes, you can do it.
0: Now, you it's, started it's, out also performing. And when things started transitioning more to writing and directing for you, was that were you okay with that? Or was there a part of you that's like,
1: I still want to do that? I loved performing on stage. Right. I love an audience. I love the interaction, the immediacy, the danger of it. Right. I love all of that. I love the the, const, the constancy of it the fact you do it 8 shows a week you're always doing it i started i moved here we moved here in 91 and i started acting for camera and i was bored out of my mind weren't that into it no it was i just i like doing sitcoms uh, because you get audience reactions yeah but i was bored i, I was just bored i am I'm, I'm when you do a play in new york you get you make 300 dollars a year doing it you make, you make no money you work your ass off you're constantly working on this play and you're busy every night you're not making any money, but you're busy here in LA. You can make three thousand dollars for doing two hours of work, but then what the hell do you do with the rest of your week? Yeah, you're sitting around staring at the walls, waiting for the phone to ring. I painted the apartment once a month. Yeah, Michael would come home, and I'd rearrange the deck furniture, and he was like, well, "You know, what do you, what do you, you got to get yeah. something going." So I started writing. Yeah. I thought I can, I know I can write. I, I'd done some a little bit of dabbling before. I wrote for a series in New York called Square One in 1987. Right. Some sketches. That was the first time I, I actually sold any writing. I. I had an audition as an actor for this math series that was on PBS called Square One. Right. And, I, and they said, bring your own monologue. Went, what the hell are you to bring to a math series? And so I wrote a monologue about all of the odd numbers going on strike to protest their being called odd. Oh, that's and, fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was cute. And then I wrote another piece about the number zero in therapy because he felt like he was nothing. Right. Had no identity. And, and they said, you know, we don't want to hire you as an actor, but would you write some? So I wrote a bunch of sketches for them. And then I never went back to it again until right. I went to New York, I mean, until I went to L.A., and I thought... I can write. I know I can write better than the stuff I'm auditioning with. Right. So I started writing, and I hooked up with Brian Hargrove, uh, who I went to school with, and we started writing together. and We treated it like a job. We just wrote every day, and and I'm was I'm a I'm a tugboat. I you know I carried scripts with me in the car. I gave them to everybody I knew. I, I finagled my way into a, a pitch meeting for um, I don't know. I I met this producer on Dave's World at the time, and I said, if we wrote a Dave's World spec, would you give us notes on it so we get some really professional help yeah. with this. And he said, well, nobody's going to read a Dave will respect. But sure. So we pitched him some ideas. and He liked this idea. And we and we wrote this script. And he gave us notes on it. And we took his notes. And he said, you know, this is really good. I'm going to give it to the guys. And he gave it to the day, Fred Barron, who ran Dave's World. And, and Fred and, and Fred said, yeah, I love this. So bring him in to pitch. So he said, come in and pitch his idea. So Brian and I, we came up with six ideas, beginning, middle, and end, act breaks, jokes, everything. And we came in there and we pitched our asses off. And we got hired in the meeting. To write a To, write, senior, to join to, the staff
0: to, to be a staff, yeah, staff writer That's staff incredible Because they
1: said You guys we, Nobody comes in like this You yeah. were so prepared I mean Because they'd say Well that's a cool idea Do you got anything else Yeah we got this one And then well that, that's cool Do you got anything else Yeah we got this one So you know We were just idea machines And that's right. what every show wants Is an idea machine Yeah And I can't tell you The number of writers I've interviewed Who come to an interview With nothing Love your show It's a good show Thank you Yeah it's really funny Thanks Do um, you got anything You want to pitch um, no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't know we were going to be pitching. I, I just think it's a really good show, yeah. really. And I'm supposed to give you a quarter of a million dollars a year because you like my show. My mother likes my show. I can give her the quarter million dollars. Yeah. Maybe see some of that back, <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> on the just, back end. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. So the number of people who don't prepare. Yeah. I mean, in these days, it feels worse to me that people don't prepare. You really have to. You don't have to forget that you're selling. People want idea machines. Yeah, that's what sells in Hollywood. Ideas, dialogue. You can get a good dialogue guy. You can get a good you know, editor, or whatever, but ideas, that's what they that's what people are always looking for. What's the new idea? What's the next idea? What's your take on an idea? Yeah. I read a spec Larry Sanders once where Larry wakes up in bed and the woman is dead. And and, and she's beautiful, but she's lying next to him. She's dead. I want to see the rest of that episode. Yeah. I don't care what I don't care what the dialogue is, that's a great idea. Yeah. Because Larry's an erotic mess and he wakes up next to a dead woman. Yeah. Fucking brilliant. Yeah. I wanna hire that guy. Right. Or girl, whoever wrote it. I don't remember. It might have been an episode of Larry Sanders. I don't remember now. I remember going in when I had
0: the opportunity to
1: meet about Love Spring
0: International, which is a show I worked on with Guy Shalem, and coming in with a bunch of ideas. And a lot of them ended up in that, those back episodes, yeah. like a number of
1: them. Of course, because you get to episode 15, you go, all right, what do we got? We're all exhausted. Yeah. Nobody can see straight. We need another idea. And that and felt really good. Yeah, of it course. Felt good. It was good. Yeah. It's a nice feeling to have to know yeah. that you're you're hitting the mark. Absolutely. Yeah. So. I don't know if I answered your question. No, you totally did. <laughs> now, there's a thing that I do on my
0: podcast. I'm going to pause because we forgot to do it. Hang oh, on one second. Okay. This is a, just a feature of the podcast. Okay. All right. We're back, and Jack has chosen some pictures, some questions from the observation deck. Yes.
1: Oh.
0: Hi. Hi. Danny Casillas has just arrived to do the mismatch game. We're finishing up a podcast. <laughs> Can you tell if that thing is moving again? It looks um, like it is, right? My eyes are so bad.
1: I, no light on us like Yeah. Yes, it
0: is. Okay. So you picked a couple questions from the observation desk. What do you got?
1: Uh, I've got, if there was a doll of you that talked, what would it say when you pulled the string? Oh, that's a good one. What would it say? I think it would say, oh, shut up and enjoy the ride. That's a good one. Do you say that a lot? I do. I say that to myself, especially in traffic. You say that to yourself. I say it to myself. Yeah. I say it to myself all the time because I complain about something and I just, and, and I'll, I'll hear myself complain and I'll just go, oh, shut up and enjoy the ride. That's
0: a good thing to say to yourself. Yeah, it's kind
1: of my mantra. Do you ever say it to other people? No. Not all right. really. I, I said it to this one person on Warehouse 13 who was not enjoying the ride. Yeah. I just said, would you just listen? This is what I say to myself. Shut up and enjoy the ride because you know what? it's, it's all it, you got. It's, it's all you got, man. The ride is all you got. Once you get there, you're dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's – you You know yeah. what? Enjoy the fucking ride that's because right. that's it. Okay.
0: And did you pick another question? <laughs> I
1: did. I got a bunch here. Yeah. If you could relive one day from your childhood, what would it be? You know, I don't – I don't. I, I'm not really good at remembering stuff from my childhood. I remember, um, I, I you know, I see pictures of my childhood and I go, wow, I, I, I guess that happened. I don't know if I remember. It. Right. But here's a, a day I would like to re- relive: is the day I met Michael. Yeah. Because it was. I literally saw his. Kawiyachi. How old were you? I was uh, 24, and he okay. was 22. It was 32 years ago, and I looked across a crowded room. I was at a reception, and I saw this big, tall, blonde, drink of a glass of milk in a in a white. He was in a white sports coat with a lavender tie, and I thought, "Well, I bet he's gay. I got to go up and meet him." <laughs> I thought he was really cute. Were and you just, already out? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I was. I, 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 yes, I was out because my, my definition of out for myself was when I was when I told somebody that I wasn't having sex with that I was gay. Right. That's that's the first time I. Me, that's I a good out. definition. That's my definition. You know. What
0: do you remember about meeting Michael? Did you know? Uh, was it like I did, something?
1: I did, but I was afraid of it because I had been hurt several times. Because I was always, you know, it was the late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. I I meet a guy and I would be picking out China patterns. Yeah. And he was fucking the next guy. Right. Because that was it was the seventies and early eighties, and the yeah. whole point was we could have sex with as many men as we wanted to. And yeah. That Was the that's sort of the theme of Normal Heart. Right. It was the other side of the argument of Larry Kramer's. No, we just dis- we just realized we could have sex, and you're telling us we can't. Right. It's a good movie. I just watched it. I'm dying to see it. How did you get it? Uh, it came in the HBO uh, Emmy package. Oh. I, I, I I would have brought it today. If I but you're leaving tomorrow. I know. What
0: if I came over to your house after the show tonight? Because uh, I tried to do.
1: TiVo it while I'm in Europe, and it's not uh, on my uh, HBO I'll, so far. If Michael, can Michael you hasn't lent it to somebody, I you're leaving he, though for a long time. Yeah, I can't. Okay. No, Michael will kill me. He already okay. promised it to three people. Okay. All right. Unless oh. you can. Copy but here's
0: it. The, no. Here's the important thing. If I come Wait back now, I and just I said can't copy a DVD, no, on the air, it, it, let's if not say I, that. No, I would never do that. Neither one of us would. No. If I not, come back
1: and I can't get it on HBO, I will. Oh hit yeah, you yeah, up. yeah. When you, as soon as you get back, you can have it. Okay, and, but it's good. It. It's great. It's really great. It's good. Really, it's, I found it incredibly depressing, because for two reasons. One, I lived through that. Yeah. And I have a pages of phone books that with my friends who had died, so that was really hard to relive again. Yes. And I was in the original, original production of Normal Heart at the Public Theater. You were in it, the yeah. first production. Yeah. What so were you? I was the two small parts. I was like, I was a guy. That's who, incredible, though. Who, I was this guy who died in the beginning, and I was this guy who uh, one of the volunteers. But That's you were there tiny at lines. the beginning of that. I, I was there. I was, never in, in the Original that. production. Yeah. And, what and was it like? It was, you know, it was amazing, because it was, uh, it was, it was so. I, I, I joined it. I I joined it a, a few weeks after it started, um, and it. I remember seeing it for the first time when I was going to take over. When I was going to jump into the original production. And I remember seeing it, and I'm being blown away. I mean, this, the, it was interesting because the, the theater, it was a three-quarter round theater, and the walls were painted white, and in block letters, hundreds and hundreds of names were, were all over the walls. Right. So the minute you walked in, you were surrounded by the concept of young men dying yeah. for no reason. And, and, and Brad Davis was... You know, was transformative. as Did he Ned. play the he Harvey Firestein? Oh, yeah. He played Ned Weeks. He yeah. played Ned Weeks. You know anything He played song. the no. He played the Larry Kramer part. he, yeah. he played he, yeah, he yeah. played Larry Kramer. He played Ned Weeks, and and he uh, and I mean the cast was, was D W Moffat, and I mean this is amazing Robert Dorfman was Mickey, and it's funny in the movie Mickey's monologue is good. I mean Joe Mantella does a very good job, but the way the movie is structured, it's not. He, he's a smaller part in the play when Mickey does has his breakdown. It's it, it it just knocks your balls off. Yeah. It's so scary that this guy, because it's the breakdown we were all going through at the time. So I remember, seeing and it was this, the
0: character that you hadn't, who had been kind of in the background. I remember yeah, seeing he was the play volunteer. for the first time like a year ago. I'd never seen it, and I was knocked out by
1: it. Yeah, I saw he just it locally. suddenly he suddenly steps up and is like, "Oh my god, this guy!" But it's what we were all going through. Yeah, we were all going through this this schizophrenic thing of. What do you mean? Sex can kill you? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. We just realized we could have it. Yeah, you know. So it was really it was ex, it was excruciating, and it was, it was, and it was hard to relive all that, hearing all those lines again, because I heard them every night for so long, and 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 they cut to your soul, and and just hear, it was really it was, it was it was a tough thing for me to watch, but it was very well done, and 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 Mark Ruffalo is is amazing in the part. He really is just. He's so perfect. He he it strikes a perfect tone for me. as Ned Weeks.
0: He used to be, and he used to do a lot of shows for this playwright I love in LA named Justin Tanner, and I would go see little plays at the Cast Theater, and Mark Ruffalo was in them, and yeah. he was always amazing. So I wasn't surprised when he blew up. I was oh, excited to see he's that. He's
1: so good in this. I mean, yeah. he's so he he strikes a perfect balance. I mean, you know, Larry Larry is a little bit more a little more of a difficult person. Uh, but than, I than what Ned I Weeks. liked
0: about. Was that the normal heart owned that about Larry. Oh, yeah. Like, he's very self-effacing in it. He even
1: it. says, I'm an asshole. Yeah. I know he I'm an asshole. He knows what it is. And that's what I loved about it but every when movement, I saw it. But every movement, every exciting new, new movement that changes things needs an asshole. Yeah. John Adams was an asshole. Yeah. You know, James Madison was an asshole. That's how yeah. our country got formed. Yeah. You have to have an asshole. Somebody has to push the limit. Yeah. So, that other, so that other people can come in and say, okay, we won't give you that, but we'll give you this. Yeah. You how know?
0: did audiences react to the show at the time? What do you remember um, about, like, coming remember, out of the stage door and we, stuff?
1: My, my favorite moment that I remember seeing after when Joel Gray took over, uh, he was doing it, and this couple was in the lobby afterwards, and this woman was talking, this older woman was talking to the box office, and her husband was standing quietly behind her, and she says, we are very upset, we're very upset, we came here to see a cabaret show with Joel Gray. And they sat through the normal heart. Oh wow! I guess waiting for Joel they to first sing the, the song. They kept waiting for a in Yeah, they kept yeah. waiting for something yeah. fun to happen, and wow. it just got dirtier and dirtier. I wonder if she got the money back. I don't think she and did. And then the you milk know. exploded. Oh yes, it was very yeah. dirty. Um, it was uh, it was very messy. I think that was the, that was a whole metaphor. It was it was a messy epidemic? It was getting messier. Um, I mean, yeah, it was just oh god, it took me back to all those beautiful. Did sweet you boys watch that it? Died. Did you watch it with your partner, or did you watch yeah, it by yeah. yourself? No, Michael and I watched it at yeah. home. I mean, Michael had the same experience. We just yeah. we, cause Michael buried friends. You know, men, men of our age, men in their fifties, we buried half our phone books, and it just didn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense. It wasn't even a, it wasn't a war. You couldn't even answer it by saying, "Well, it's a stupid war we we're p- fighting in Vietnam, which is the last time that young men yeah. died for no reason." This was this wasn't even a war. This was what do you mean? What do you mean? You they won't find out what's doing it. What, what's going on? Yeah. Help us. And when I saw it, I was shocked. I didn't understand the
0: New York. City politics at the time that Koch wasn't helping, and yeah, do you know, I, I, did, I, I knew yeah. the national uh, sort well, of temperature, I, I but mean, I didn't Koch, know the New York. Koch city. was the
1: nightmare in New York, the yeah. you know, the closeted mayor who, who I, don't he ever, I don't think he ever did come out. But um, that was the nightmare in New York, and then it was Reagan, who was the. I mean, I blame Reagan for literally tens of thousands of deaths. If if Reagan and his administration had grabbed a hold of AIDS in 1984, even when when they could have gotten the word out internationally and said guys this is how it spread we knew in 84 how it was spread we didn't have a cure we didn't know how to treat it better but we knew how it was spread by 84 85 they knew how it was spread tell people Reagan was so fucking homophobic he didn't want to say the word he didn't say the word in a speech until 1987 and, and when he came out and said we this is how we have, to, we have to do something about this when it didn't matter to his career anymore I mean I I, I hold him responsible to me he's a war criminal and and I, I, I thought him and Nancy—they had the perfect death, a lingering, endless death, because it was exactly what he deserved. And I just, I just thought—I uh, mean, he was—he was the criminal behind the whole thing. Um, and 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 again, the play took me back to all of that.
0: All of that. All of
1: the, all of the politics of that—the the, the march on Washington that we did in 1993. I saw America. that you
0: posted a Throwback
1: Thursday yes. picture of you and Michael there. Yeah. What was it like? What do you remember about it?
0: Um, it was. It was. You okay, know where was, I was when it happened. Where. Um, traffic school <laughs> I was in a traffic school In West Hollywood I think I went to Gay traffic school well, And we was, were watching it On television That was your way Of honoring it I, Yeah went to gay traffic school I yeah, did I don't go with that Or it was, comedy traffic school I don't know what it was it was.
1: You know what It was amazing Because it was the first time I ever saw that many gay men together I mean there was a There was the guy Oh I can't remember his name now The Reverend who, who ran the, Manhattan the MCC church It was uh, What's his name he had, he had a marriage ceremony He married us That was the first time Michael and I got married was in this group marriage ceremony that this guy was saying, I, I, I'll join all of you. you know, It doesn't, won't mean anything except symbolically, but let's have, we'll have a marriage ceremony. While you were there on the mall? Yeah, on the mall. He did this thing on the mall. It was, it was, it was the first time you saw so many gay men together. And, of course, the, the government at the time was saying, well, there's 300,000 gay men here. And we looked around and said, fuck you. There's a million of us. Look around. You see the pictures, and you can't see the mall for the people. There's a million guys here. Come on, wake up. And women. Million men and women, and you know what's interesting is the age—the age, the age crisis—is what created the gay community, because up until then there was no gay community. It was just guys fucking guys. You know, there was more of a lesbian community. Than there was a gay community. Even in the, even in the play, they say, you know, the lesbians like, "Well, we'll help you. You never helped us, but we'll help you." And, and that's
0: and a recurring theme, I think, in our community. I think
1: it is. But you know what? There was no gay rights movement. There was a tiny gay rights movement, Stonewall, right. but it was minuscule and in, inconsequential but gay AIDS galvanized, galvanized us yeah. it turned us into we were fighting for our fucking lives yeah. now literally not just figuratively not we want rights no 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 we're dying that's what it took that's what it took to form the movement to form a gay community it took death it took the threat of death and I think it's amazing that 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 out of that horror show we were able to create a, a world of love you yeah. know I think it speaks to our to, to who we are as gays and lesbians yeah, you know, as, as the glp GL, community, we're able to create a world of love out of all of that—that that, that nightmarish, ghoulish horror show we went through. I mean, did, I remember the way people died then; it was horrifying. It was an awful death. It was a lingering, wasting away, and that we were able to st- still carry on and go, "Okay, we got to do something about this. We got to stop this. We can't just lay down." Yeah, you know,
0: it was hard. Wow. Well, I never knew you were in the Normal Heart. That's
1: incredible. I didn't know that. I <laughs> actually awesome. made the ja- I made the show jackets.
0: That's so good. I, I made the show. Jackets, was Larry yeah. around? Did yeah, you, yeah, yeah, I got Larry a yeah. show jacket. I met yeah.
1: Larry and Roger McFarlane, who you was made the, the show jacket. I, I you created I, them. I created them. You designed I, I had them made. I, that's I took the so weird the to do a show
0: jacket made. for Normal Heart because it's not like no, it's not like yeah, You know it, what yeah. I mean? No, it wasn't
1: satin. It was it was wool. It was a wool ser- wool show jacket, and yeah. was, and then when Joel when Joel Gray mounted the production out here recently, yeah. I gave him my show jacket as a as a, a th- you know as because he was he was in it. I gave I gave Joel my my normal heart show jacket. What was it like? Uh, what what was the jacket like? Oh, it was just it was a black wool jacket, long yeah. sleeve, high collar. It said the normal heart on the back with the, with the logo and the cracked heart, and and your name on the front. Sure. It was just a, it was just a cool dark black jacket. Yeah. It was just, you know, it was exactly what the show needed. Yeah, but, but I, bet
0: um, it, I bet people talked about it when you wore it. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. It was. It was I was proud to wear that jacket. Yeah. That's I really amazing. was
0: amazing. This is a great note to end on. We have to get ready to do the mismatch game. You've got a to run-through tonight. Yep. Thank you for you sharing your stories and your time with us. I and love you, Dennis Hendrick. I love you. You've been such an inspiration to me and such a booster of mine through this crazy uh, life, work <laughs> situation. So um, I'm glad we got to finally I sit I down and talk about some of this stuff. Yeah. All
1: right. Watch Warehouse 13. The finale airs. The finale airs May 19th. We're on every uh, Monday night until May 19th.
0: Right on. You'll see Tap Dancing Girls
1: and all Tap Dancing Girls and and all kinds of fun.
0: Check out our friends in the podcast world, Linoleum Knife. Great movie reviews. And if you have an email for me, you can email DennisAnyonePodcast at gmail.com. And that's our show. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Perhaps I'll be in Europe or somewhere. Bye.